0: Hello there, welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text-to-Pastor line at 678-951-9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin D's. Enjoy.
1: Well, we, I'm back, guys. We, um, I feel like I haven't done this in a long time. You haven't? Uh, I know. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, I didn't preach. We're kind of out of our sermon talk back rhythm. You know, Jordan preached some this summer, and then I guess I preached a little bit. Maybe we did a sermon talk back, but then I was sick. But now I'm not sick. And but I'm I'm with a fellow COVID survivor, Jason Byers. There's some solidarity in that. I'm, right? glad, we're, yeah. I'm glad we're here together, man. And uh Shannon Smith yet to uh, get the COVID.
0: Oof. I don't want it.
1: Oh no I'll say this, yeah. you know, you don't want it. You don't. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a fun few I days. I heard no, anything
0: not. fun about it.
1: Yeah, I it's not a fun it. time. Paige Paige, I think, had it worse than I did. She really Cause she got all this like she was like nauseous and dizzy and all that kind of stuff. I fortunately I didn't have that. You know, the weirdest symptom I had was you know they talk about the sore muscles. There They're was one time when eyes. my I, I used the word haunches, but it was like my <laughs> my, my my bottom and my <laughs> hamstrings. For, haunches. Where I are we know going? Yeah, my <laughs> bottom and my hamstring it just got so sore for yeah. some reason. Like literally, I was like lying in bed. In pain, could not fall asleep because I felt like I was cramping in my hamstrings. And I was like, what is this? I couldn't reach past my knees. Like I was trying to touch my toes to mm-hmm. like stretch it out. Couldn't stretch past my knees. It was just a weird, like what is that well, symptom? Well, Paige it's- said you
0: couldn't open your eyes. Like you That had was to, another like, weird symptom. I,
1: in the mornings when I would wake up, like it, it was like if you have, I mean this is kind of gross. <laughs> like if you have pink eye, like my eyes weren't gooky shut like that, but like. I almost had to like lift my eyelids open because I, yeah, they were like so shut. They were almost like swollen shut in the morning. So it is weird, weird how it,
2: just the way it manifests so differently. Mm-hmm. I know. Different Paige so, had right. the whole taste thing. Yeah. I never had the taste thing. We, we both did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you get it back? Yes. Thank the sweet Lord. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, some of our you, friends. You, it's funny. You lose something like that and you. I mean, this sounds trite, but you do realize how those little things are such a grace and a gift, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to taste your food oh, and yeah. smell things. It's, it's- I don't know if I'm like violating
1: HIPAA right now, but the Yusefs, you know, also got it. And uh, they lost their taste and they've lost weight. So, oh, dang. I know, so, you know
2: could be a strategy
1: there you go (laughs) a new program a new program we should market this very carefully though very carefully uh all right well we we continued in the servant series yesterday so first week we talked about the goal of parenting then lou which that was actually going to be the last week but we we did a little you know move around with me being out uh using the scriptures for parenting obviously something that we all want to be able to do and then this week we kind of talked about the corporate nature of raising your children. And I I thought one of the most interesting things, we'll all kind of have our aha moment, but as I was studying the text, you come to verse four and five and you're like, oh man, what am I going to do with this? It just said bear one another's burdens. And now it's saying each one has to carry mm-hmm. his own load. But then you do a little further study into that. And it was actually like the most helpful possible verse ever because it was like, okay, no, actually this is even further explanatory there there is and i really thought that the illustration of like the soldier's backpack and then like the mission that the soldier has like there's a, such a big burden that you would never expect one soldier to win a battle but you do expect one soldier to kind of carry his own gun and his own sleeping pad and his own backpack and i think that's really really helpful Parents should know, yes, of course, you can't pawn off your responsibility in raising your children, but you're not alone in this. Mm. There, there's there's a network, there's other uh, people around you for your encouragement, and there's other kids around your kids and other adults around your kids that are helping to shape and to frame who they are in Christ. Uh, so that was, I know I am the preacher, but as I was studying the text, that was something that was like really helpful for me. Mm in terms of understanding my role as a parent. So what about you, Jason? What's something that kind of jumped out at you?
2: Well, first of all, I concur. I thought the way you unpacked the Greek there in in that verse was incredibly helpful because that distinction could easily be missed and you could either just read right over it or um, maybe it it could be confusing if you conflate the two uses of the word. Because in English,
1: it's the same word. Yeah. But in
2: in Greek, it's two different words. It's very helpful for me in particular. it's funny, um, I had an aha moment uh, probably about six or seven hours after the service was over. Mm. Um, Sean and I were at a uh, dinner with uh, a group of other church members. And as we were discussing the service and the sermon, uh, I won't betray any confidences and names or anything, but w- another member um, actually shared that on Saturday night, um, this member was so exasperated with you know, adolescent children. Yeah. That the member was ready I think in the member's words to just throw in the towel, done being a parent and ready to let the kids go and deal with the world on their right, own. Yeah. And so um, just the the grace of the timing of the sermon for this member to hear it and and then affirm uh, that that he or she received great encouragement, particularly the the end, your third point, that there was encouragement in the passage, not to grow weary, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, is this a, a reminder to parents the challenge of parenting? I, I would anticipate, um, even when your children leave the house, never goes away, it right? So, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know this all <laughs> sure. too well, right? And, right. And, but um, because the challenge never goes away, we need to be constantly encouraged mm. and reminded of the importance of the job, the mm-hmm. stakes that are involved, the mm. calling of parents by God, and, and, why it's important that we not grow weary yeah it, it, you know
1: we didn't even mean to do this but i kind of have i guess the little kids in the bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm kind of you know mm-hmm. still on the young side shannon your kids are kind of leaving the house jacob's kind of entering into this mm-hmm. adolescence point yeah, no doubt and so yeah so, <laughs> <how, laughs> You'd thought well i yeah. think here's the deal there was two things that we said. I think to that end, first of all is a little graph, and actually Blake Rogers, the man, the myth, the legend, is the <laughs> one that showed me that graph of the authority and time. Parents' authority very high early. As the kids, as time goes by, the children's authority goes on. Well, where those two crisscross, which is what we call adolescence, mm-hmm. is hard because you don't really know the authority that the parent used to have. He's now kind of giving over to the kid, but does. He trusts the child. Does the child trust the parent mm-hmm. where the parent still needs to be an authority? Mm-hmm. So that's a contentious time, yes. I think, for any even mm-hmm. the best of parents, mm-hmm. right? Um,
0: yeah, because you it, throw in hormones too. You know, oh. it's not just <laughs> yeah. sin. You have hormones, you have, you
1: know And and I home. think for parents the most wearying stage, and, and it, it kind of makes sense, right? It's you're it's kind of the end of the race too. It parenting doesn't end. Mm-hmm but it certainly changes once the child goes off to college or once they kind of leave the house and so that you know that 15 16 17 18 you know you're at the end of the race you know and and the stakes are really almost the most high then too so i I do just want to encourage parents don't grow weary you know you you got to you got to stay the course. Um, and, and those are very, very important times where you can either do a lot of good or a lot of damage. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a great note to end on, too, because it, that is the charge to keep for parents, right? right for sure. Never grow weary. Mm-hmm. How about you, Shannon?
1: Well,
0: mine was at the beginning. I mean, the whole sermon was filled with all kinds of good nuggets, um, no matter where you are. Um, but what I liked is when you started off and you talked about discipline in the local church and the assumptions. Um, surrounding that and one of the things you said that um, the the restoration the gentle and humble restoration which goes against the world and assumes that the church is closest when someone is weak and the church should draw near but what's interesting is it's so easy uh, for Christian parents parents in general but definitely Christian parents to get their identity from how good their children are Mm -hmm. Um, and so when things go bad um, they instead of draw near, you know, to the church, they hide because yeah. they don't want people to know. They run, and then it goes on into verse two to bear one another's burdens, and that's what—that's the time that you run in and let the church, you know, help you in this. As you were saying, um, as you were talking about when you were fleshing out the the two different definitions of bear, but I do think that. Um, I've seen it happen. You know, they don't want people to know what people right. think. You know, I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good Christian, hmm. or whatever. So, anyway, that was. Um, I, I liked how you started that section, and,
1: and all that comes from pride. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. it's I. Of course, I'm a good parent. Of right. course, and it, and it comes from judgmentalism. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're not like the world. You know, our kids are not going to be doing those kinds right. of things. Right. And yeah, and and I would just say, unless parents have an identity in christ where we kind of start with actually i am just like the world actually (laughs) i am a ruined sinner without god's grace then and only then do you have the kind of right humility and confidence to come before your brothers and sisters and say i need help help me pray for me um and this is what's going on in my home this is where my children are and, and I'll say this, I have seen parents do this, be humble and vulnerable, and it's hard in those moments, especially when they start young, when the problems are still manageable. I have seen so oftentimes the child be helped, the child mm-hmm. change, the child, the, the prayers of the saints, the people coming around, the parents, the encouragement that the parent receives from their fellow church members, it really does have an effect. hmm Whereas at the other side of the coin, I've seen parents hide for years and years and years. And then later they can't hide anymore because the kid's obviously so far from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, but then it's, it's almost like too late to get the help that the church could have provided. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I just would say to parents, like to your point, Shannon, or the point I was trying to make yesterday, we should assume you, you guys should assume of me, that I'm not going to be a perfect parent Mm -hmm. and that my kids aren't going to be perfect kids and, um, that there's going to be battles and there's going to be times when I need you and I should assume that of my own parenting. Uh, and then, and then if I think of, if we, we kind of live in those assumptions, then when those times we really do need help or our kids are really facing a crisis, um, we can, we can look to one another for that help. Right. Because the church has gifts, the church has gifts. Um, this is a burden that's too big for any one parent to bear, and and we need to know that we're called into a community of faith. So, yeah.
0: and that's with anything, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just parenting. Anything. Anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean things, this is not this is not know. actually
1: a parenting text, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's easily applied to parenting, mm-hmm. but it's it's about everything mm-hmm. in the Christian life. Yeah,
2: yeah. So actually, I have a question re- related to Shannon's point. Um, I certainly uh, understand the temptation for parents to find their identity in their in their good children. And um, obviously, as parents, one of our duties, I think, is to train our children in right behavior. We want them to be able to mm-hmm. live and function in a civilized yes. world, and this is right and good. Um, the flip side of that is a challenge that, that from time to time, Sean and I have to deal with, and you and I have taught Jason. Where this is another challenge that that you, one of your children, you also wrestle with from time to time. Is what do, how do we handle the child who um, um, finds their identity in pleasing their parents? Right, so in, in in the same way that parents can so inculcate right behavior into their child's mind that. And then we rightly show pride in our children. Sure. C.S. Lewis has written well on this, right? There's a that's a good thing to show love and pride in doing the right thing with your children. But in some way, that might engender a sense of um identity in your child that pleasing your parents is the highest good. Right, and yeah. So I wonder if you no, have
1: thoughts on I, that. I, <laughs> Paige and I as you mentioned, we we talk about this a lot because so with our kids. You know, I always say there's a tension in the scripture between Pharisees and pagans, (laughs) and the gospel disrupts both, right? Phariseeism, obviously, finding an identity, a righteousness in your good behavior, in your adherence to the law, which the sins that go along with Phariseeism are things like pride, you know, self-righteousness, judgment, um, uh, you know, lack of compassion, those kinds of things.
2: At least I don't suffer from these. <laughs> right, 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 right. Then the, the, <laughs> the
1: sin that goes along with paganism is obviously, you know, things like drunkenness and things like, you know, disruptive behavior, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, with, with our children, I mean, you know, I mean, I'll go ahead and betray them, but, you know, Emory <laughs> just really wants to please us. She like, nothing makes yeah. her happier than for us to say, good job, or you've done well, but that creates this like rivalry with her. She's always like showing how much better she is than John Kellis or, <laughs> you know, and, and she's kind of a tattletale and, you know, and then John Kellis, on the other hand, he wants to please us too, because he's a, a good boy, but he also, you know, isn't not like Imran. I mean, he's, he's more of the pagan of the family. He wants to stretch the boundaries. He wants to see what he can get away with and what he can say and what he can do. Um, and so we kind of deal with both these. And so I talked to Emory Anna a lot about this, mm-hmm. to say, look Emory, you need to realize this is the sin you are going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've already kind of gotten to that place with her where I'm trying to get to the motivation of her heart. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more nuanced to say, you actually did the right thing here, but yeah. you did the right thing for the wrong reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, because I want her to see how much she needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. I I believe that Emreona does have a saving faith, and we're actually, you know, she's about to be baptized, and I'm very excited about that, but I was nervous about that, like, does she just want to get baptized because she saw Jacob Byers get baptized, and everybody was excited about that, and she wants to do that too, Mm -hmm. or does she really trust in the righteousness of Christ? And not her own righteousness, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I think that we all deal with this, and and it's only when we trust in the righteousness of Jesus that we're actually free to ourselves. Then be righteous, because we can be righteous without a self-serving agenda, Mm -hmm. but we can really do the right thing because we love the right thing, Mm -hmm. because we love we tell the truth not to make Dad happy, uh, and to be able to tattletale on John Kellis or whatever. We tell the truth because we love truth. We we do our homework because we realize this is a duty and responsibility that that is good and right and pleases God. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great struggle. And I think to your point as parents, um, we can find our identity in, you know, having perfect kids, and our kids can find their identity in being the perfect kid. Mm-hmm. And both are dangerous. So,
2: yeah.
0: I got a couple questions. Oh yeah, Shannon is
2: had it, an array okay? of Not questions. Array. Just, <laughs> no, no,
1: couple. <no. laughs> Shannon came. It's Organized light, well too. It's lightning round <laughs> here on the talkback. Yeah.
0: So just, just in listening to the sermon, you know, say if you could um, maybe offer some encouragement to some parents who came in, who, you know, maybe a came to Christ later in life, or and you know, so they haven't heard this kind of teaching like you shared yesterday, or just maybe hadn't had the kind of maybe they are Christians and have been for a while, but just in their parenting, they hadn't been discipled. Like when you share John Powell's list, that was amazing. But some people could be like, well, I blew that.
1: That's John Powell. I mean, yeah. I
0: know, but so maybe. (laughs) Greatest guy ever. Right, yeah. But just to, you know, so instead of walking away thinking, well, I've blown it, you know, I've got a 12-year-old. This is the first time I've kind of heard this kind of thing or whatever. Right. Just to, you know.
1: Well, I think I would say two things. I mean, you know, the one thing I said, oftentimes parents parent backwards, right? Well, if If you have not been walking with Christ if you've not been intentional and you do have a 12 year old I'll use that exact example um the the, the truth of the matter is is that there there is a cost to that i mean you know there there is a um that you know th- there is a cost to that you know and so I think you have to realize that okay like I am starting here kind of behind the eight ball but the good news is is that the Lord is gracious he's given you a lot of resources. You have the church. And so I think if if I I would advise that parent to say, to come before their child and say, look, I have had a change in my life. I've come to know Jesus. And before I knew Jesus, I was, you know, finding my identity in my work or in whatever they were finding their identity outside Mm -hmm. of Christ. I was not leading you well and I think you have to start in that place of humility you have to communicate the child there is a change that's happened in my life going back to the Deuteronomy 6 these words shall be on your heart and then you can teach them to your children mm-hmm. I think you say that you say the, the word of God hasn't really been on my heart and so I have failed you in teaching it to you and I think if a parent can start in that humble place then they can say but now I do see these as the word of life. I do see the word of Christ as the word of life. I do see Jesus as the Lord and master of the universe and master of my life. And so that's going to change the way I live. And it's also going to change the way I parent. And so then you can say, thus, there's some things that we've got to put in place. And then I think you also have to say, there's some things we've got to catch up on as a family. And I would even say, I mean, you know, to the point of my dad reading the Bible to us, you know, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Well, I would say, look, you know. We probably have to be a little more intentional with this now. Uh, we have to dig a little deeper in this. And spirituality, you know, it's, it's. remember when the Bible says, Paul talks about this, Timothy, physical training is of some value, but godliness is of value in all things, in this life and in the age to come. We understand that in physical training. Like if you had eaten poorly and hadn't taken care of yourself and you had a heart attack, and the doctor said, look, you're gonna die if you don't you know, cut this out of your diet and start walking every day. You know what people would do? They would start walking every day. They would cut those things out of their
2: diet. That, it's funny you say that. The, the, the very thought that was going through my mind listening to you was taking up golf at a late age. Right, right? yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. You're behind the curve mm-hmm. compared yeah. to. And
1: so, yeah. yeah, and so I think you just have to realize that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't wanna give you the super gracious answer and be like, you're gonna be, you know, if you start golfing at six, you know, you're going to be, I mean, John Kellis had I already got him out there swinging a golf club. I didn't really swing golf clubs in college. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm a really bad golfer. You know, Blake knows Blake's an amazing golfer because he was out there at a young age. And if I want to ever catch Blake at one time, I had a golf lesson. I literally tried to, I didn't try to catch Blake. I knew what he was good, but I thought I could edge into him a little bit, but it didn't <laughs> help. But anyway, yeah.
0: No, but I just. just but to- I've got to be
1: more intentional right, if I ever right. want to catch Blake in yeah. golf. Right. And I would say the same thing to the parent. Like, That's good. like Godliness is a value, of eternal value. And so, uh, you know, you still got six years. Mm-hmm. You still, you're, the kid's only 12. Praise God. And even if your kid's out of the house, I would say, okay, you're now in the consultant stage, mm-hmm. right? Remember, we talked about a few mm-hmm. weeks ago caretaker, cop consultant, or coach consultant. So you've kind of missed all those other stages, but you can do something as the consultant. Mm-hmm. And and the most important thing is for the child to see the Word of God being on your heart. So, yeah, I mean, it's not too late, but there is a cost. I mean, you know, to, to the, go- the golf illustration is good. Mm-hmm. You know, you take up golf at 40, you can be really good by the time you're 45, but you're going to have to play golf every week. Mm-hmm. Right. You know.
0: I got another question. Um, something else I was thinking of, you talked about children um their reflection of their parents and they reflect what you value so if you value the word of god they will reflect it and i've just you know i'm older so i've seen i have a lot of friends who have are amazing parents godly parents who were very intentional and and prayed constantly and did all the you know they did the john powell list or yeah, whatever. yeah yeah and their kids have totally turned from the faith not just that they're not co- i mean they have from the faith and i've seen this in you know quite a few so you know you hear that and so there's a thought that might be like well did i not right did
1: right. i not
0: show my kids how much i value what, what did i do wrong or whatever you know because they are obviously not reflecting this thing that i valued and that i really was intentional about and they and love them well i mean like these are people sure I, yeah yeah, so yeah just
1: they did everything right and yeah right the thing is, is none of this is a guarantee, right? Not I mean, sure. a few weeks ago, I, I said, like, only God can do this. Mm-hmm. I, You can't, like, there's not like a 10-step plan to getting your child to live by the Spirit. I mean, that's the goal, right. and there are a lot of things that you can do to show them the beauty of the gospel and to show them the power of the Spirit of God and to create a framework. That's mm-hmm. what you're called right. to do as parents. That is your fortion. Like, and can that, I just
0: say, I would that would have been great to hear. You yeah. Know, because I, when you hear that, that the children reflect what you value, there was this almost like, okay, can you keep talking? Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad we're doing this right now. Yeah. That's, because hey, the beauty know. of the sermon talk back, guys.
1: Because
0: <laughs> yeah. I could and, see some parents just. And I talked
1: about this a yeah. few weeks ago mm-hmm. in the in the the first sermon. Yes, yeah, so you have to stay with it. Yeah, yeah yeah. Just, yeah, yeah.
0: Pop in and out.
1: But. um Yeah, but I mean, it's only God's grace. I mean, salvation is a gift of God. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can manipulate as a parent. And sometimes, and here's what I would say to parents, you know, I do think children in one way are always affected by what you value, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I think they'll either reflect it themselves, they'll come to love it themselves, or part of their rejection of you will be their rejection of the things that you value Mm. uh i've got a friend like that and you know this guy's now got a 20 something year old daughter and she's rejecting the faith she's rejecting the lord and really her rejection of the lord is her rejection of her dad Now, I don't know if that makes him feel any better or worse, but it is her defiance. It is her finding her own identity. It is her... It's not so much the Lord that she's rejecting, Mm -hmm. but because her dad loves the Lord so much and because the God is such a part of his life, she can't reject him. She can't like find her own way without rejecting Mm -hmm. the Lord, if that makes sense. She's had to find kind of her own identity in that.
0: That makes sense.
1: Now, I don't know if that... Is again encouraging to that parent, um, but no, I just
0: wanted you to elaborate more on yeah that, on the comment. No, there. but yeah. I,
1: I totally yeah. think that sometimes children, many times children, because they're sinners and mm-hmm. because they're wanting to defy the structures that God has put in place in their lives, and because they're proud and because mm-hmm. they're, I mean, this is a situation where you have a very successful father too, and. They wanna make a different name for themselves because they're trying to find their justification in what they can do, Mm -hmm. that they will reject things that are very precious to their parents because actually the parents done a really good job valuing those things. Mm -hmm. So yes, there is another side of this coin. Uh, And again, that's a situation, I'll use that one in particular, where all that parent can do is to trust that God will eventually break them and that they will come back, come back to the parents and come back to the Lord that the parents value, but I would even say in that instance the the child is in interpreting you know the value of the parent there like the 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 child is in a sense reflecting what the parents valued in their rejection right they' they they're understanding the value system of the parent rightly and they're rejecting the whole lot of it. Um, And I actually, I would almost say to that parent, if that's you, if that's, I know it's not you, but if it's, it's you out there listening, that's actually better. Like, I think the fact that your parent, that your child may be rejecting you and the God that you love is, is actually telling you that you did a pretty good job as a parent because they're, They're seeing in, they have seen in you the Lord. They have seen in you your faith and they may be rejecting it right now. They may be rejecting the Lord right now. They may be rejecting your faith right now, but at least they've seen the consistency of that model. And now I think the hope and prayer is that God again would break them in that sin in their rejection and that he would lead them home and you know we see there's there's good news of this in the scripture i mean think about like the prodigal son like the 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 son the father there we we kind of are supposed to understand i think that this is a good guy who's lived out mm-hmm. his faith well who's loved his sons really well and it took the son actually going totally away from all of this for that to become a faithful holy God loving father, loving son. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. Um, and I would just say as the parents stay consistent, you know, God hasn't failed you. God hasn't failed. This son, this child, this son, this daughter is rejecting the Lord and that we should expect that because we're all sinners. Um, and we just need to pray to the God of grace that he would bring them home. Do you have anything to add to that?
2: No, not really, I, I'm just not related to that. I was just thinking how helpful this series is generally for me. I know you don't like to use sports examples in your sermons or in our discussions. And
1: I never, <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. understand sports. They, reminds yeah. me,
2: <laughs> it reminds me of like the football team that's on the field and they run a series and then whether that series is successful or not, it come, you know, the offense comes off the field and typically what they'll do is they'll group up and they'll review what went right and wrong and get some encouragement from the coach, some correction, and then they get back out there, right? And so for parents that are in the arena, even those who are dealing with different difficult circumstances, as Shannon describes, I think a series like this is good if for nothing else than just the periodic and regular encouragement, correction, right? level setting, resetting our gaze <coughs> on what is most important. Um, is just and, and if very you've helpful. just
1: thrown a touchdown pass or you've just... Uh, thrown an interception, it's still good to sit down with your coach for a little while. Oh, yeah. and, you know, Celebrate you know,
2: the success and then yeah. move to prepare for the next um, series, right?
1: But I'm glad you talked about that, Shannon, because there's a lot of parents that feel like failures. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think I would say to that parent, number one, your identity is not in your parenting. So to the best parent out there, the parent that whose kids are loving the Lord and walking with the Lord, that's great. Praise God for that. That's not your righteousness. You, sh- you can be proud of that. You can be happy about that. But you- the only hope for salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone. And so I would say that to the parent whose kids are, to the Shannon Smiths of the world, whose kids are fantastic. And then I would say that to the parent whose kids are struggling. Your only hope for salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone. It's not in your kids. And, and their only hope is in christ right. and, and and our hope and prayer as parents as they would see that mm-hmm. um i love
0: this quote i i read this all the time it's very encouraging it says it comes from a prayer it says oh the arrogant pride of thinking that by our good parenting we can take credit for what you god alone can graciously do in the lives of our children but oh the arrogant unbelief of assuming that by our bad parenting you know what you were just saying—we've forever limited what you'll be able to
2: accomplish mm, in the good. future. There's a lot of hope in that.
1: That is really good. Send that to me. I want to—I uh-huh. may use that. And I probably need to speak directly at what you're talking about in one of the sermons. It's so.
2: funny. Uh, th- again, that quote and your question—the dilemma that you pose, Shannon—it it does tie back ultimately to this um, this temptation to identify ourselves mm-hmm. in the success Absolutely. of our children, mm-hmm. find our identity in the success Absolutely. of our children.
1: Well, for Jason Byers, fellow COVID survivor.
2: <laughs> we, need a, we need like a, a war cry yeah, or something, yeah, right? Yeah, when you yeah. say that, we'll respond. I know, I feel go.
1: like I'm a Georgia Tech grad now or <laughs> something. So well, Let's not get carried away. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, for Shannon Smith, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.